I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. We are in the middle of the WNBA semifinals, just off of game one of the Lynx Storm and game two of the Aces Sun. We're about to recap it and give a little preview for the rest of the series. show please consider joining our patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see the amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com first game on the queue for us is las vegas aces versus the connecticut sun in a great game game one was a blowout dominated by the sun it really opened people's eyes to this idea of hey the sun are a sub 500 team but they're not playing like that the classic tale of a team getting rolling at the right time who missed key players early and they returned right at the right moment. Well, game two said game one wasn't a fluke, Rachel. I mean, this came down to the wire. The, the final score was Connecticut 75, Las Vegas 83, uh, with a tough fourth quarter from Connecticut just scoring 12 points to Las Vegas's 24. But even the score of 83-75 doesn't really tell the tale of how close this one. Obviously, we have to preview this with saying that uh, Alyssa Thomas did go down with a shoulder injury in postgame. It sounded like Kurt Miller didn't think it was as serious uh, as maybe it looked in the replays and said it might have just been a uh, dislocated shoulder. Rachel, initial thoughts on this Game 2 game of Las Vegas and Connecticut? I mean, just an all-out brawl. You know, it was a really intense game, and, and you hate to see Alyssa Thomas go down the way she did. Um, it's hard to imagine that Connecticut would have made this as much of a game as it was without her, you know, she, she played less than, she played about five minutes in that game, you know, and, and she's such a, a force for this Connecticut team um, for so many reasons. And so, you know, it was a great game and, and really a lot of players on Connecticut stepped up. You had some incredible scoring outputs. Brian January really elevated her level of play to want to bonner you know, finished with 23. Now she had to work for every point she got. <laughs> um, and then you had Brenna Jones, you know, finished with 10. Jasmine Thomas finished with 10. I mean, it was just an all out brawl. Um, and I, I just feel like Connecticut was, was really motivated and, and driven after they were, they were already. And then IT goes down and really you picked up that slack, but it's like, it's like you just ran out of gas a little bit in that fourth quarter is what it seemed like to me. And then on the flip side, you have Asia Wilson, who just put her head down and completely took control over that game in the final minutes. And that's what the MVP should do, you know. And and, and to me, that was a must win for the Aces. Um, if they go down two games to Connecticut, you know, that's 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 a tough position to be in. So we, we got a series. Yeah, I mean, that was the interesting aspect for me. And obviously, I don't think, you know, Connecticut goes up 2-0. Everyone on the, on the, the game was – was reeling on the stat line that no team has come back in a series down 2-0 to end up winning. Um, but th for me, for, on the Connecticut side, that's got to be a gut punch just because, like, I don't think that stat solidifies, yeah, Connecticut was going to win the series if they go up 2-0. I, I think it would be foolish of us to think that Las Vegas would just lay down and, and not even at least win one game in this. I don't think they're going to get swept even if they didn't win game two. 
Um, but for Connecticut, it's got to be a gut punch because you hear that stat and you're like, we were so close to like almost in like, I don't like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost in their mind where they could say, like, if we would have won that game, the series is ours. We're going to the WNBA finals again. Um, so it's a really interesting one. I do want to shout out Beatrix Montpamere, uh, who logged 20 minutes, was only one for five shooting with two points, but key rebounds, nine mm-hmm. rebounds, key blocks, three big blocks. She did fall out of the game, which was a huge blow to this team because when Alyssa Thomas went down, uh, that was a serious issue that they had, that she was able to step up and really do some good things. Talk to me about how this team was able to rally to fill the whole, the shoes of Alyssa Thomas, who when she went down in those five minutes like you spoke about, honestly, at that point, wasn't even leading this team. She was one for three shooting, one rebound, one foul, one turnover, negative four, and two points. So it wasn't like we were seeing an amazing game from Alyssa Thomas, not to take away from what she has done and what she will do in her career. Yeah, but, you know, Alyssa Thomas brings so many elements to the game, you know, things that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. And you can't just replace that. Uh, presence on the court with one person you know that's a collective unit of everybody elevating their game from one way or another and as you said with mom premier something she could do come in log log extra minutes and and snag rebounds you know we all know that thomas was you know she's a walking at least 10 to 15 rebounds a night type of player so uh, mom premier being able to elevate her game come in and, and and do play to her strength which is which is what everybody has to do you can't fill that hole with one or two players, everybody has to give a little, a little bit more, whether that's, you know, from a rebounding standpoint, from a de- defensive standpoint, um, a rotational standpoint um, to, to kind of help bridge that gap. And, and ca- honestly, they did. Connecticut did. And I, I agree with you. It's like, it's like for the way they played without, <laughs> you know, Alyssa Thomas, it, it, it's kind of a little bit like it feels deflating, you know, the fact that they weren't able to get that one out, but you have to be, um, I guess, encouraged with the way everyone played, you know, um, and the way people were able to elevate their game and, and okay, moving forward, that's got to be the message. Everybody brings what they bring. Everybody bring one extra thing uh, moving forward. We, we don't know what's going to happen with Thomas in game three. We haven't heard that yet. <clears throat> Hopefully, you know, she, she's doing all right and we can see her back on the court, but you know, with or without her, everybody on this team is going to have to elevate and bring a little additional um, juice to the table because Vegas, it's almost like they woke up in that fourth quarter. You know, it was almost like they, Asia Wilson even said it after the game in the interview with, with Holly Rose. She's like, you know, I feel like, you know, we were, we were garbage in that first game and, and we were even garbage kind of starting in this game. Like, like we weren't ourselves and, and we're here now. So that, that makes you feel like, okay, the Aces have kind of that momentum. At least they feel like they have some of that momentum headed into this game three. Um, this, this, this game three has potential to be um, really highly favoring Las Vegas, in my opinion. No, I, I agree with you. I think the key for Connecticut, obviously, is going to be what's up with Alyssa Thomas. Is she playing? Is she not? But, but more so, even as, we, as you touched on, Everyone's going to need to step up, whether she's there or not, whether she's 100% or not. The way Connecticut wins this series is getting more production from their bench. They got production on the defensive end from Beatrix. There's no question there. But just 10 defense, or ten bench points from this Connecticut bench is something that is, is very lacking, if you're asking me. Kurt Miller needs to get some more points off this bench if he wants to expect to get to the WNBA Finals. Flipping over to the Aces... While I, I agree with the sentiment that they got going in the fourth, 
I mean, for me, this is both games. If, if I'm being a little bit of a, you know, a realist in, in this sense is this is not a good sign for Las Vegas Aces. Yes, we know Connecticut is a great matchup for Las Vegas. And that's what's going to make this a great series because all the things Las Vegas does well, Connecticut does well also and has that counterpunch mentality on them. But for me, looking at the Aces, Angel McCautry struggled mightily so far in this series. Just 11 points in this game, had two turnovers, three fouls, just did not look like her confident self, uh, wasn't getting in line. The refs just weren't calling those, those knick-knack fouls that typically the Aces do such a good job of getting the free throw line. I should keep in, in mind, that's a key stat also, free throws. 28 free throws for the Aces while only seven for Connecticut. That's free points at the line that can reduce a lead or extend a lead at any point. And De'Erica Hamby, 11 points off the bench. But for me, I mean, looking at this Aces team in this game, it was very, very much so just the team wasn't producing. So Asia Wilson, like you said, put her head down, put her team on her back, and willed her team to victory to even out the series. What are we looking at when it comes to this Aces team as far as players who need to step up? Kayla McBride dropped four rebounds, 11 points in this past game with a plus 13, the best plus minus in the game. Uh, but I, I'm just looking at this game, and, and it's getting me more and more worried after these first two games for what the Aces can do uh, as a number one seed in this playoffs. I mean, I'm not worried at all. I mean, I think you you have a double bye, and and that everybody wants the double bye, but anyone who's coached understands that like sometimes that has some hangover effects to it. But um, how long? But Rachel, how long? Like, how many games into it can we say, okay, this is no longer a hangover effect? And I mean, you know like, what I, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's a legitimate question to ask. Like, if they get swept, the Aces won last night, so like I'm not panicking. Like they they found a way to win. They True. finished. Four players in double figures. They were they dominated the free throw line. Um, you know they they did a pretty good job taking care of the ball. Connecticut, you know, with seventeen turnovers, that's not going to win them games. Kurt Miller's hounded that into the ground with, we can't turn the ball over this many times, and and some of them were unforced. So, mm-hmm. I mean, with with Vegas, I, I guess I feel a little bit differently than you. I'm not worried about them. I I feel like yeah, we have not no, we have not seen them play to their potential in this series yet, even last night. Um, but yeah, I mean, with, with MVP taking over down the stretch, that's what she should do. Now, if, if they come out and look equally as, you know, lethargic or some of this, the supporting cast as they have in game one and two, then maybe I'll be a little bit concerned, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like the aces, um, you're right. Who who has to step up? You have, you know, Angel McCautry finished with 11 points last night. That's what she's going to give you. Um, I think Kayla, Kayla McBride, um, she finished with 11, but I don't know that, you know, she was five for 11 from the field, which was, which was solid, but she's going to have to continue, you know, she's going to have to give you a little bit more in my mind. Hamby is going to be Hamby. Um, she, she, you know, she, she probably could get a couple more minutes. She played like, you know, maybe a minute and a half less than what she normally would. Um, and Jackie Young gives you eight. I think you get a little bit more from her, but they're not, I mean, it's not like they're far off in my mind. I mean, Connecticut played phenomenal without arguably their best one or two player. So it's the fact that Las Vegas was able to win that game with Connecticut playing as well as they did um, is, is, is impressive for Vegas in my mind. Um, Because I I do think that you could make an argument Connecticut deserved to win that game. Um, But they really shot themselves in the foot down the stretch and you had the best player, 
you know, in the league step up and just carry him on their back. So Las Vegas is just going to have to be what Vegas has been all year, you know, more than just a one-headed monster in Asia Wilson, which they've never really been, um, and just continue to get just a little bit more from a production standpoint from that entire cast, um, including Jackie Young and Derek Hamby off the bench, going to be key. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I do want to point out Dwana Bonner had a great game, playing all 40 minutes, 23 points, seven rebounds, three assists. But the key stat line that I'm looking at was the three for 12 from three, which is not a good line. I know she's been shooting subpar three-pointers this season afar, but the stat I really want to look at is six turnovers. I mean, out of 17 turnovers, those are key. A lot of them, like you were saying earlier, unforced. And for me, like, let, let me just clarify. I'm not looking at this Aces team and saying, like, you know, the, the sky is falling, chicken little, chicken little. What I'm saying is, is coming in, I saw the same Las Vegas Aces team. With that respect, I will say championship teams, you know, one of the big critiques of Connecticut Sun last year was kind of, and for, for their run during that, like, four-year period with that roster was, who's going to be the player who takes the final shot, who kind of puts the team on their back. And they kind of always did that by committee. Great teams find a way to find a random player to, to pull off and, and get a victory. And Asia Wilson was that the other night. I mean, we could harp on that forever, so I'm not going to waste any more of your time. But let me remind you to subscribe to Winsider Daily, the only podcast that gives you daily recaps on game days following WNBA games. And Winsider.com for all the written content, Winsider.com. Hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Okay, on to game one that finally happened of the Seattle Storm and the Minnesota Lynx. Game one, all I could say was, wow. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody really saw it coming down to that. I definitely thought that it would be a much, much different game with Seattle getting the victory, but in a much more definitive way. Uh, just a little recap. It's all tied up with 14 seconds left. Sammy Wickham off the inbound, misses a contested layup. Alicia Clark is there to get the board and put back. Interesting aspect of the game plan for me for the Lynx was that they clearly packed the paint and kind of dared the, the Storm to beat them with the three ball, which at points it was like, okay, yeah, the Storm aren't going to miss from three. But obviously the statistics kind of started to even out and they started to miss a little bit more of it, making it a very close game. Nafisa Collier had a monster game, six blocks, 25 points, and nine rebounds with just one turnover. And that might even be the crazier stat for me it was the one turnover where Crystal Dangerfield struggled. Rachel, what do we see from the Lynx? And do we think that they can sustain this in a series and possibly pull off one win, three wins? What 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 are you thinking after that game? I just it was just an absolute shootout. It was so fun to see. Um, Bridget Carlton really did a great job of getting Minnesota going. You know, she Ooh, came, she was hot in the beginning. Came out of the game just hot. You know, gave them a lot of momentum. I think it's important for Minnesota to see the ball go through the net early on, and that's what they did. Mm -hmm. If you come out missing shots and you let Seattle go up, you know, eight eight to twelve points. Um, it's going to be a long night. So for Minnesota to be able to come out with the start that they have, I think set the tone for this game. In my opinion, Minnesota deserved to win this game. I thought they played phenomenally. I feel like even with the struggles, struggles of Dangerfield, you had, you know, Odyssey Sims finished with 19. I felt like sometimes the shot selection there was a little bit questionable. I wish uh, maybe we could have taken a few of those shots from Sims and given them to Collier, Nafisa Collier. Really, I mean, she was getting ready to like earn. I think it was LaChina who, who said it, like getting ready to earn some stripes here. Uh, she really, really was dominant 
um, inside and just, you know, really trying to throw this team on her back. Um, And so I I feel like um, Dantas was good. Um, You know, she didn't have a major scoring output, but she hit some big shots that got that momentum going. And so, I mean, I was just really impressed with Minnesota. I don't think you could look at one player or one thing that said, hey, you know, this is why we lost this game. Um, to make this game what it was, was really, really, really impressive. Um, and for it to end the way it did, it had to be a little bit deflating. But flip it over to Seattle, you know, that was definitely a slow start. We talk about the little hangover, whatever it may be. They, they were definitely not clicking on all cylinders. But, you know, you see, yeah, Jewel Lloyd, who was great. She played really, really well. Brianna Stewart, kind of with a, t- a quiet 21 in my mind. And uh, Natasha Howard hit some big, big time shots. Um, you know, they got going a little bit. They definitely got going. And, and I think for the game to be three, really two and a half, almost three quarters of just raining three balls was, I felt like I was in a video game. I really did. I was like, this is absolutely insane. How ridiculous this game is right now. How well the shooting was. I mean, it was just, it was like a heavy hitter, just high level matchup of just throwing punches back to back to back, you know, and, and that game of course was only going to finish in in one way. And that's going to be with some crazy last second buzzer beater and shout out to Alicia Clark, who, you know, was able to get that shot off and um, just a hell of a finish. But I, I think Minnesota played so well. They really did. They played so well. I don't think you can fault them. Um, really impressed with what Minnesota did. It, and I, I don't know if you can play any better than that. You know, you, you, okay. You look at the stat sheet, you look at the numbers and you think, okay, maybe Dangerfield is a little more efficient. Um, but man, I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's, that's a deflating one because if you're able to take that first game and to be that close and to play as well as you did and to, to kind of take that L is, is that's a tough one because now you've, now you've got Seattle with some momentum and they've been back out on the floor. I mean, Jewel or, you know, Brianna Stewart and Subert hadn't played in two weeks, you know? So now we've got our legs under us a little bit. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm not feeling super great for Minnesota moving forward. Yeah, no, I'm not either. I mean, look, let's be real. Both of us weren't feeling great going into that game. I think if you're going to look at anything, you're going to look at two things. One, Nafisa Collier was hitting shots at every spot on the court. Her shot selection was amazing. Something that we talked about, she did go four for five from three. And that's something I want to see more of. I want to see her getting those shots up where it's not just, we're, you know, down low ball where we feed her, she makes a move and she gets a bucket. Or relying on her to get points off second chance boards. Like, yes, those are key elements of her game that are going to help this team win games in this series or possibly for the long future if they don't win a game in this series. But for me, Nafisa Collier's underrated aspect is she can really shoot it from almost anywhere on the court. And you need to be using her in that ability to get her the ball in more areas. Also, if, if I'm looking at anything on Minnesota side, it's Crystal Dangerfield. 0 for 3 from 3. She was passing up a couple shots, only 4 points. She looked not ready for the moment, which is very rare considering we haven't really seen that from her, a situation where she kind of, you know, balks at the spotlight. On the other end, like, I felt Nafisa Collier's amazing game was also on the defensive side. She did a great job, Brianna Stewart, those three blocks in a row. Oh my just God. Ridiculous. Um, like, 
And also a couple a couple of them look so nonchalant, almost as nonchalant as her shimmy. I want to give her credit because she's going up against a 2018, a former WNBA MVP, and she's putting up stats similar to the current MVP in Asia Wilson over in the other game. So huge hat tip to her. And, and maybe, and, you know, I was, I was tweeting with some people earlier today, and maybe this is a little bit of a bias that I have where, like, I don't view her as a second-year a second player. I view her as a vet who I'm waiting to take that leap to being a top-five player in this league. So I have really high expectations for her. But I got to give a shout-out to Jewel Lloyd. I mean, MV, Winsider MVP of the night with stat line 25 points, four assists, six rebounds. She did have four turnovers, but she kind of evened that out with those two blocks that she had along with two steals. I mean, she was there. She only missed one shot, and that was a three-pointer. And or sorry, two shots, a free throw and a three-pointer. But she was just looking with it and ready to put the team on her back. You know, Ben has been Ben, who's a, a co-host of this podcast with us and also a host of the Winsider Daily Show, has been stressing kind of Jewel needs to step up and be that second or third yeah. option for this team. And she really did tonight. I mean, when other players were struggling, she put it up. Alicia Clark is getting a lot of attention for that last bucket. But Seattle's not in a position for that play without a Jewel Lloyd steal, without a Jewel Lloyd cut to the basket layup to give them the tie or the lead late in this game. I mean, Jewel Lloyd really carried her team in ways that I don't think she's getting enough credit for. And I got to give props to her really growing into her own. Any final thoughts looking forward? Uh, I'm not going to make you make a prediction, and we're going to hopefully have uh, a very exciting guest uh, for our next show when we talk about this these series again. <laughs> but I'm curious for you, looking forward, how can like what's going to be, I guess, the key for Minnesota to get a victory in Game Two? I mean, you you just you, you have to just play the best basketball you've played all season. If there's a way, and I, honestly it. And they have, you know, you could really look at this Minnesota team and say that every game they seem like they've gotten better. And even with Sylvia Fowles on the bench, I'm not anticipating Fowles to join the Lynx again this season. That's just my, my gut thought. I feel like, okay, you know, she's really struggling with this injury. Being able to throw her in now to, to you know, the, the middle of a series is going to be really, really tough. So for Minnesota, kind of the rotation that you have going on now and, and everybody – I, I do think, you know, you need to get more from Dangerfield. Um, and that's not just much, just points, but, um, you know, just, just from a production standpoint across the board, um, it, you have to control the glass. You have to limit turnovers. You, you, the, the, the margin for error against the Seattle storm, especially when they're clicking on all cylinders, especially when Jewel Lloyd is doing what she's doing. Um, you, you almost have to play just perfect basketball. So limiting turnovers, you know, being the aggressor, getting out to an early start for Minnesota, to me, in my opinion, is one of the biggest keys uh, for this team to be able to, to steal one in this next, this next series. Uh, they've got to be able to see the ball go through the net early on and get some momentum early on. Yeah, I completely agree with you on, on everything you've said. I <laughs> uh, just want to, just want to shout out a little stat line. 29 rebounds for Minnesota, 36 for Seattle. Not a common stat for a Cheryl Reeve team, but the encouraging stat line would be the turnovers. Nine turnovers for Minnesota, 16 for Seattle. Minnesota needs to hold on to that ball, not get these lazy, lackadaisical turnovers, because that's how Seattle really strives. It's going to be an interesting one, and I echo what you're saying about Sylvia Fowles and seeing her back this season. I mean, in my mind, this team has shown, like, you wouldn't bring her into this series what like with that injury if she is healthy to go and heck 
with Rebecca Brunson and Planet Pearson leaving the Wubble, I think even if Syl is in an injury level where she can't come back this season, you're keeping her there because of what she's done in a leadership standpoint from the bench throughout most of the season. So I agree with you. I don't think, I think it makes more sense, even if she is healthy to come back. Uh, but as you know, they're going to keep her day to day, even if, you know, for whatever reason it is, because you want to, it's Sylvia Fowles and it scares other teams. Uh, for less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. I'm Aria Schwartz. Y'all know Rachel Galligan, and this has been the Winsider Show.